what will your future look like? The job you do today could be different than the jobs of tomorrow. Some see this as a challenge. At UCF, we see opportunity. A chance for you to grow your knowledge and strengthen your skills from anywhere life might take you. With in-demand degree programs and resources for your success, UCF Online can help you prepare for the future and all the possibilities that come with it. From the University of Central Florida's Center for Distributed Learning, I'm Kelvin Thompson. And I am Tom Cavanaugh. And you are listening to TopCast, the teaching online podcast. Hey, Tom. Hey, Kelvin. How's it going? It's going all right. Did you move? I did move. Yeah. For those listening, that means nothing to them. But for those watching, the three of you watching it on mm-hmm. YouTube, um, I did move. Um, I'm in another part of our new building. There may be a little bit of an echo here compared to where I usually record in my office, my wonderful office. But they're doing a bunch of construction literally outside my window, and it's mm-hmm. not conducive to podcasting. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I, I think it's all a ploy. I think you're going to slowly uh, podcast your way around the entire building, showing <laughs> beauty shots of the backs of things. Not like a bad idea. Lovely trees behind you. They're they're quite yeah. nice. Yeah, oaks. Um, they are oaks. It's it's a great office. Uh, right now, there's hardly anybody in it, so maybe I could podcast from every single cubicle at some point as as the time goes by. Um, yeah, we'll get our we'll get our money's worth out of this building just through Topcast. You know, I do that sometimes. I do go and work in other parts of the building just to kind of settle in a little bit. That's true. I've I've caught you uh, yeah. sitting in random conference rooms working. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It's kind of nice. You want to kind of get a feel for the place and let it feel lived in, even if it's lived in by one person. <laughs> hey, that's right. It's okay. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well. Alrighty. Well, uh, I think I poured you a uh, drink at the long end of the table when I passed yep. by a few minutes ago. We were socially distanced. Mm-hmm. I'll try and say that correctly. Distanced. Distant socially? Distant physically? Yep. Something. You got your Something like that. big old travel mug there. Mm-hmm. So you're probably wondering what this is that you're drinking. Always. I yeah. always wonder what I'm drinking. Uh, well, it's, it's, it's good to know. It's good to want to know. It's good to want to know. Yeah. You know, in our collegial conversation of a shared cup of coffee, uh, today's coffee is a single origin Colombia. Again, we've had Colombia single origin coffees a number of times. Uh, this one is from a municipality in Colombia called Gigante. Since the Probably coffee- Gigante. Probably is it Higante. is it Higante? I, I, I tried to look that up online. I don't know. Yeah. It depends on, I don't know. So we'll go with Higante. Higante. Since the coffee was roasted by the San Francisco-based Ritual Coffee Roasters, which shares a city with the, provas- the professional baseball team, The Giants, they call this coffee Los Gigantes, which I think is maybe even, you know, the Giants, two Giants, a couple of Giants, you know, a bunch of Giants, more than one Giant. I'm going to go with the Giants. Yes. I thought it was appropriate because today's episode will, to my way of thinking anyway, focus on a big important topic and will feature a big important guest. So I wondered what you thought of the coffee and if you could find the semblance of a connection. I, um, I like the coffee. It's very good. Um, it's good here in the middle of the afternoon in my spacious conference room. I am enjoying it immensely. Um, spread out in there, right? I am, yeah. yeah. 
so the uh, the connection though, mm. los gigantes, uh, and I know I know what today's episode's about. We're doing an interview with somebody. <laughs> it always and, helps. Yeah, and <laughs> work your way backwards. <laughs> uh, and I I know this person well, and he's a he's a he's a fine gentleman, but a normal sized person. I don't. I don't know. If I he's call a him metaphorical that. giant. He's a ah, giant. Gotcha. He's a. He's a. He's not yeah. like he's like seven feet tall or anything. <laughs> just, just has. He has. He has a presence in our field and and mm-hmm. and, a, and a presence of of thought and influence that yes. is big and important. Okay, then I will. Uh, I'll. I'll I, you've led me by the hand to the uh, to the connection, which is we've got somebody of significant stature in our mm-hmm, online mm-hmm, learning. Mm-hmm community and he's talking about a subject that we think is pretty important. Yes. Would, would those be Los Gigantes? Yes, yes I, I think so. That's that was what I was going for. So as long as okay. as long as that works for you, it works for me. I, w- I would not have I would have not have reached the end of that trail alone without well, my know, Sherpa guide here. We're, we're better together, Tom. Uh, it's all about <laughs> relationships. It's all about, you know, uh, strengths and weaknesses complementing each other. Okay. There you go. We do have a couple of seven-footers in town, too. I mean, we've got people like Taco Fall and uh, Mo Bamba and others that are, that are large humans, but yeah. we didn't interview either one of them. No, 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 we did not. So you want to tell us a little bit more about uh, today's episode? Yeah. So um, I had the great pleasure um, at the, the last live OLC Accelerate event. Uh, that'll tell you Maybe it was more than the last. We may have lapped ourselves. I, I don't recall the exact date. No, it's it was, been a while. It, it was the 2019 OLC, the 2019 OLC Accelerate OLC. Conference. Okay, so it was about a year ago um, that we interviewed Dr. Luke Dowden. And um, Luke's an old friend, a uh, friend of the show. and um, Topcast listener? Topcast listener, yeah. And he has... Um, he, he, um, has, has got something of a specialty in my mind, which is what I wanted to talk to him about, of, um, of just leadership and leadership practices and kind of understanding how to build and nurture a team. Mm-hmm. So that's what, we, that's what we talked about. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know, I've broadened it a little bit. I, I was, I've been excited to listen to this interview. I happened to, I think, talk to both of you right after you had the interview, and I saw something on Twitter right afterwards, and I think there was some kind of a typo, because on Twitter, one of you said something about, uh, that you talked about charism, and I love that. I love that, that thought of charism, and uh, and somebody said, well, that wasn't exactly right, but it, but it kind of works, because I think of this as really the, the human element and other-centeredness, how leaders interact with team members to add value to our work and to our organizations, and, you know, I care a lot about that, and uh, been really looking forward to it, and I, I was not disappointed uh, this week when I listened to the interview finally. I thought, well, this, this is good stuff. This is good stuff. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, do do you want to give Luke's um, yes. coordinates and bio and all that? Sure. Uh, he's at one two three dot seven. <laughs> no, I, shoe I have no size. Uh, That's yeah. right, seven feet tall. So, uh, Dr. Dowden is chief online learning officer and associate vice chancellor for the Alamo Community College District in San Antonio, Texas. Remember. The Alamo. I got to see the Alamo once when I was in San Antonio. It's still there. Uh, is there anything you'd like to say about the interview beyond what you have before we jump into it? I don't think so. I think it speaks for itself. I, I really enjoyed the conversation. Um, so maybe we'll, we'll come back on the other side and, and offer a few reflections. All righty. 
through, as we say, the magic of podcast time travel, here is your interview with Dr. Luke Dowden. Well, Luke, thank you for being on TopCast. Yeah, it's great to be here, Tom. You know, I'm a big fan of the show. <laughs> I do know. And I know you, you listen in the car on your, on your commute, uh, which is good. But hopefully you're not like, you know, we're not boring you and having you drive off the road or something like that. No, it's interesting. I was just commenting to one of your previous guests that her calming voice was so nice for the five lanes of traffic that I had to deal <laughs> with. So for 30 minutes, I was completely calm. Good, good. I'm glad to hear that. Um, and, and maybe there are others that are that are listening on a commute somewhere. I know I listen to a lot of podcasts in the car, so um, you know maybe maybe the the coffee and the and the conversation keeps people keeps people awake and, and aware of their surroundings. Well, a topic that um, that you and I have collaborated on a lot is uh, leadership. We've done presentations about it. Uh, we've been on panels. We've uh, co-authored a, a chapter about it. And um, an aspect of leadership that um, I think is really interesting, and in full disclosure, I don't think I'm the best at, is um, not the, the budget part or the project management or the tasking, but it's, the, it's sort of the human side of leadership, the, the people side of leadership. And, and I, I personally, having known you for many years, think that's an area that you have a, a particular strength in. And I kind of wanted to just pick your brain a little bit about, about how to do that effectively. And I think a lot of people listening probably have the same questions. So, you know, when, when you think about leading teams, you know, what, what are some of the key factors that you think are successful in motivating people and making sure that they're being, you know, uh, challenged and encouraged and doing their best work? It really starts with what's in our chapter, right, which is the hiring process. So the hiring process is very important and setting the expectation. Um, I've built two teams now at a university and now at a community college district and very different, right, in right. their personalities and the things that we need them to do. But what I say to everyone that I hire is that we're gonna, going to invest in their personal and professional development. Um, and so I start off with that expectation. But that means you've got to check in. So what happens after you read our chapter and you follow all of the hiring uh, practices that we encourage, right? That's just one small part of what we wrote about. Right. You've got to check in on the people. Um, so there are some intentional practices I think that, um, you know, leaders like you and I can can work at and, and can employ. Uh, one that I do and I, I with IELOL, I was a faculty member this last year uh, and we have mentors or, or I'm a mentor. We have mentees. And just for everybody's um, benefit, if you're not familiar with that acronym, the, the Institute for Emerging Leaders in Online Learning, it's a a premier uh, professional development program run through the Online Learning Consortium, and, and you were you were uh, a faculty on that. I was. Year. I'm an alumni from 2010. Uh -huh. and, uh, really proud. I, I really feel like the program launched my career, um, and and so in working with the mentor or the mentees that I had uh, for that program this year, one of the things that I would start our conversation with is, "How are you doing?" And they were thrown off because they were ready to talk about their project or their right. initiative or the issue, just like what consumes your mind and my mind, right? But sometimes I think it's good to stop and check in on our people. Uh, and I've tried to be a lot more intentional about that. Um, you've probably seen we, we trade tweets, right, that I uh, will get off on my uh, gratefulness kick every now and then. But it's really part of trying to live a life of gratitude. But it starts with checking in on the team that you have. Um, and trying to manage them and support them as a whole person. Um, and I've said this to my team often in the last year. Um, you know, you all have things going on. 
I call it stuff. <laughs> so we all have stuff going on. And I want you to realize that I, I call attention to that within our team. So let's think about that when we ask each other questions. Let's think about that when we're a little hard on, why didn't you give me that in a timely manner? Right. And I'm, I'm the world's worst. I'll say, well, <laughs> wait, I, I asked for that or right. this company needs this answer now. And so I think it's important to uh, be aware uh, my graduate studies, we uh, spent a lot of time, uh, I, I took some counseling courses, and they say, you know, people bring baggage in with them. Uh, and I think we, it's easy There's for- stuff in those bags. There, there <laughs> is. <stuff. laughs> there is. Uh, and it's easy for us to take our high-performing team members for granted, or even the team member that was high-performing, but then they've just kind of hit a rut. Um, and I found if we could be with them for that time, uh, I was just talking to a team member recently and we were going through all of the life events that team member had experienced since joining my team. And they were only with me for six months. Hmm. And I said, on one hand, I could talk about the time that you've missed. But the other hand, as I look at all your life events and I think if we support you through that, how much more committed will you be? Right. Right. So I think it's taking the long view with our team members. Um, but it means you have to make time for it. Uh, and I'm not always uh, consistent. So where I can improve you is being consistent. Mm -hmm. I, I feel confident in the conversations I need to have, but it's about being consistent. Um, and I was talking to you about this. The, the uh, diversity of my employees is, is very different uh, now uh, than in the past, meaning that I depend a lot on body language. But I have two employees that you can't read them. <laughs> right. If, if you're depending on that. Right. Yeah. So you have to ask um, very pointed questions, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. probing questions. But sometimes they're just, hey, is everything OK? Why are you asking me if I'm OK? <laughs> right. And you have to remind them. Yeah. Right. You have yeah. to remind them and say, well, remember, I told you that I would invest in your personal and professional development when I hired you. And then that's part of just making sure you're doing OK. Well, and, and everybody's different. Right. Some some people need that kind of um validation and check-in uh more often and others are just like i'm good you know just let me do my thing you know and, and understanding that um, um it, it can be a challenge sometimes because like some of these recognition programs that we have are uh, a least common denominator one size fits all kind of kind of programs and i and i was mentioning to you as we were talking about this episode before i i read this book called uh, leading with soul and um, it talks about some of that where recognizing uh, one employee in a, in a public display where they get a plaque and applause might be really great and exactly what they want, that sort of public recognition. The person sitting right next to them might be horrified by that. They don't want that kind of spotlight on them. They'd much rather have a gift certificate to a restaurant and they can go with their wife or husband or whatever. Um, two totally different people who want to be appreciated in different ways. And knowing that about each of them takes time. And then being able to serve each of them in that way takes effort. And, and sometimes it's just not possible. Like if you live in a, if you work in a, a public university and you, you can't buy gift cards, for example, is <laughs> a, a, a limitation I have. Um, you know, I, it's something that I have struggled with because, you know, we, as you kind of move up the ranks, you get more and more people that you're responsible for. And it's really hard to have that kind of custom one-on-one -on -one kind of interaction. But you seem like a guy who's, who's been able to, to thread that needle a, a little better than I have. And I, I wonder if, if, if you've got some, some tips for folks, is it like scheduling time in the, in the calendar to talk to people? Some of it's ad hoc. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, some of it's our intentional check-ins. And then as you move up, really making sure you're coaching that next layer. So for me, uh, right, when okay. I have a management team, so I had a group of managers at the so university. it's not all just you personally. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, you have to be able to give that gift to your team. Yeah. Um, and I have a team member now that I've really had to coach on. I understand that you may not receive feedback that makes you feel comfortable, but the point is that you've given them an opportunity to give feedback. Like don't run away from the opportunity. Um, You know, don't hit the eject button too quickly on the difficult situation or a difficult team member. They just may be going through stuff. Um, You know, I'll use that word again, but uh, I, I think you have to give that gift as well. Uh, I was at a conference recently where they were talking about closing the skills gap. And the presenter was really dynamic. And he said, you know, the thing that you ought to be doing, like if you really want to recruit talent, is telling people you're going to help them get their next job. And so your job is all about preparing them for their next job. And with my management team, it very much is about that, right? So what are the skills I have that I can give you? But then how do I use your skills, right? I don't have it all, right? I just do some things well and lots of things not so well. Um, so I, I think that's important, right? And and all of this is uh, also being authentic when you make a mistake. Sure. You know, being able to say to your team members, hey, I really goofed here. And because I did, I, I feel like I don't want you to walk down that same road. Mm-hmm. So you have to have a level of vulnerability. Um, I was listening to another podcast where the um, person was talking about, you know, being able to be okay with making mistakes. Um and at the same time, being able to share those uh, in a way that, um, you know, it's not self-depreciating, but you, you can help others. So, Yeah, but um, to do that, um, you, you really need an environment of trust, right? You need to be able to feel safe where you can make those mistakes and then admit them, right? And so everybody can kind of learn and nobody's going to judge you necessarily for that. And that, that probably takes some time, too, because trust is earned. It is. Uh, recently, we, we uh, were, were looking at a project and had brought in some different ideas. And I, I really questioned some of the ideas after they were vetted. Like, wow, does that really bring my credibility into question? Uh-huh. Uh, but, you know, the joy in that was really it was I went back to, hey, this is why we run the ideas through the pressure testing that we do. Um, so, again, it's uh, back to this idea of, you know, if we take this approach, are we getting our employees ready for their next job? You know, and are we really, if we really are seeing skills gaps, right, or our challenges, then, you know, how, how are we helping them? Uh, but it all comes back to having those conversations with, hey, what's going on? How are you doing? Yeah. What are your educational plans? Yeah, and I think listening to feedback from employees about, about what they need, um, I think about a, a former job I had where uh, one of the the staff that reported to me <laughs> made a comment like, hey, Tom, you ought to walk down the hall and visit once in a while. Now, she's, she was from Jersey. <laughs> I'm from Jersey, so I, I understood her. Um, and she was being very straightforward and she was sort of joking, but there was truth behind that. And I had to take a good look at myself and say, you know what? I, 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 you know, it's not like I wasn't communicating with her, but she needed me to come down and visit with her a little more often. So, um, you know, I took that to heart and I, I changed my behavior, even though it didn't necessarily feel natural. I'm not a management by walking around guy. I'm not as good at that. But um, in order to help her do her best work, I had to get out of my comfort zone a little bit. Yeah, and I, I, 
when I accepted the job that I have now uh, in a very large, very successful community college district, uh, one of the college presidents who's interviewed me, she said, well, you know, how are you going to get buy-in? I said, well, I'm going to go to the college. I'm going to listen. And, and I was sincere in my response. And she said, if you'll do that, and you come and you truly listen, and you don't come in and tell us what you think we are mm-hmm. or what you know about us, then you'll be successful. And a few weeks ago, I told her, so I've been there almost two years. I said, do you remember the interview that we had? She said, yes. I said, do you remember what you said to me? She said, yes. I said, I've taken that to heart. Uh, I really understand now that in my district, right, where I work, it's very important that I am present, right, that I show up and that I listen. And I'm willing to put an idea on the table and take whatever feedback comes. Um, and and I, I think that's important, right? It's It's for me where I work now, being present, internally present. And, and for you and I, right, we have so many opportunities nationally. It's, it's fun, right? Yeah. We've reached a point in our career where sometimes people want to hear what we have to say. But it's, I think, even more important that we spend time internally. Um, you know, and I've done that. I've done that at periods of time where I'll disappear from the circuit. Yeah. You know, but yeah. it's because I was doing some of my best work internally and focusing on our people. And I think it also requires a level of horizontal leadership. You know, you and I were talking about this whole concept of paying attention to not just what's going on in our division, but the success of other divisions is needed for us to be successful. So I've told my vice chancellor recently, we go through these annual budget reviews. I said, just don't be surprised this year when my budget requests are for other departments that aren't in our purview because we need them to be elevated. Interesting. But yeah, that well, comes, everybody's interdependent, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, again, that comes from even broadening the not just checking on my team, but what's happening with those adjacent teams. Yeah. Well, if you had to, um, if you had to give some advice to somebody who was coming into a position where they were going to be supervising somebody for the first time and they wanted to be a kind of authentic leader who not, who not only got the job done, but also had a highly effective team who was committed to the mission and uh, felt trusted and cared and safe. You know, what, what, would you, what would you say to somebody, maybe a, a top one to three sort of things, you know, in addition to managing the Gantt chart and the budget, do these things? So one, I would say, uh, especially if you're building a new team, make time for intentional check-ins. I do that initially uh, 30, 60, 90 days, but even beyond that just to make sure the employee understands the expectation. Uh, make sure that you have some way to cycle information through your team. So we use Slack, right? That's a tool that we're using that we put a lot of projects in because I like transparency. And so my team knows that, that I want them to know, hey, what's going on? So we have a general channel, for instance, right? Where they know that if there's something major or we have a win or we have a challenge or we have a pivot, that it's there. Uh, and then there's a record of it. And so having a way to cycle information and then checking in, right? So after the check-ins going away, paying attention to your team, paying attention to the things they're not saying or to the mood. Uh, There's another consultant that we do a lot of work with that talks about the mood Mm. and about our individual cares. And so being attentive to those of where you can. And then the last thing I would say is give those skills to your management team, right? And, and expect that to expect you to check in with your employees, expect, beyond the metrics, right? right? So this right. isn't about, did we hit our metrics? Did we get that grant? You know, how's that project going? How are they doing as an individual? I think that's important. And I think that's how you build a winning team, right? 
and you build a committed team and you become a team that people want to come work for because people, others know that you're invested and not just their work, but the whole person. Yeah. And it's a long-term investment, right? You're, you're building for, for the marathon here. Right. Yeah. You're playing the long game. Yeah. Right. So it means there's going to be some short-term trade-offs, but the long game matters because when you think about commitment, productivity, and satisfaction and happiness, you know, those are the metrics that are important. Yeah. Well, what a perfect way to end. <laughs> well, Luke, thank you so much for being on TopCast. It's been a real honor, Tom. Well, Tom, that was your interview with Dr. Luke Dalton. Indeed it was, Dr. Kelvin Thompson. Yeah, <laughs> I enjoyed it. Uh, Luke's, a, Luke's a great guy. Uh, mm-hmm. um, and, and probably half the people listening to this know him because he's, he's a fixture in our community and, uh, and, and you know, just really um, gets out there and, and tries to get to know people and mm-hmm. is always looking to improve. And it's one of the things I admire about Luke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, there was a lot in, as I said, in, in that interview that I really appreciated. Um, it's not one of our longer interviews. Uh, I'd say it's a, you know kind of a reasonable sized interview, but large in its uh, content and impact. Nevertheless, I might say, gigante. Yeah, yeah, gigante. Yeah, que gigante. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, you know, some of the things that he talked about that, uh, that that stuck with me. Things that I strive to do, but I don't always do them. Uh, you'll probably be the first to say it. Um, like, for example, these sort of intentional check-ins. Mm. Uh, like, I always encourage the team leads here to don't just meet with your direct reports once a year. It's like, make sure that you're meeting regularly with them, and at a minimum, you're doing a six-month check-in. Nothing that shows up on the annual review should be a surprise. But um, I'm not always as good about it. You know, I mean, yeah. I think we're pretty good about standing meetings, but they're very task oriented and things that are going on there. They're less sort of like professional development sort of things, which is the kind of stuff uh, I think Luke was really talking about there. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, I see your point, um, but I think it is what you make of it, right? Um, I think I think he gave the example uh, a little bit of even just the simplicity of intentionally asking, so how you doing? And waiting on a sincere response, waiting past the, you know, it's, it's all, it's all good. You're right, right. And uh, I think you can do that even in the, you know, the, the real formal one-on-one. So it's all about how you do it, not necessarily the, the what. I do think that you're right, though, that there is a place for periodically purposeful, you know, uh, focused um, checking in of one sort or another, whether it's that, you know, semi-formal mid-year check-in or whether it's, um, you know, something I've tried to do for a while now is these uh, coffees with Kelvin, right? Just mm-hmm. no agenda, whatever you want to ask, whatever you want to say, we're going to spend 30 minutes sharing a beverage and I figure our relationship will be a little bit better for it, you know? And so that takes that takes um, scheduling and it takes, it takes effort, but um, I like to think that, that that pays off. Yeah, totally agree. Um, and, you know, one of the reasons why I think we, we picked this particular interview to air right now as we approach the end of 2020, which has been so disruptive to so many mm-hmm. people and has put so many people off kilter and uh, has created so much anxiety amongst uh, so many mm-hmm. that some of the practices Luke is talking about in here are especially relevant now. Yeah, just right. checking in with people, like, how you doing? I, and I could almost, I can picture Luke in my head mm-hmm. in a meeting with somebody saying, how you doing? And they would say, yeah, I'm doing fine. And, he, and him stopping and saying, no, really, 
Mm-hmm. How are you doing? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. so he really wants to know. Um, yeah. And I think that's what we should be like right now when so many people are just feeling so anxious about yeah. everything. Um, and just to make sure that we understand where they are and how we can, as leaders, support them. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. I uh, I was impressed by his simple um, anecdote of, you know, in that kind of context, what you described there, the idea of in one of those encounters, somebody kind of pushing back and going, oh, you know, well, I thought we were here to do business. And, you know, and, and like, well, remember, back at the beginning, I told you that uh, I was going to invest in your personal and professional growth. This is it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And I, I thought, yeah, that's, that's uh, consistent, intentional, you know, walking, walking the talk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I think I'm fortunate in that um, my current boss kind of does that. He's really good about it. And checks in with me and before, you know even though we have a meeting that's got an agenda he'll take a minute or two and mm-hmm. just say you know how's it going anything you know i need to know about sort of and, and i appreciate that yeah, yeah i, I yeah. think about uh, some other things that he talked about this this idea of of professional development for somebody preparing somebody for their next job mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i i had a uh a, a person who reported to me uh, it was in a different organization it was actually not even in higher ed mm-hmm. and um was a graphic artist. I'm not a graphic artist. We were sort of matrix management, mm-hmm. and then people mm-hmm. were assigned out on projects. But in doing an annual review with him, I, I was asking him, you know, those questions like, you know, what do you want to do in five years, and how can we help you get there kind of questions. And, and he was real sheepish about it, but eventually he said, well, no offense, Tom, but uh, I kind of don't want to work here. I'm like, okay, well, it's fair. I mean, I don't take it personally. Where, where do you want to work? He's like, I, I, I want to be at Pixar. I'm like, mm. okay, that's cool. I'd love for you to get to Pixar. What do we have to do now to help you get to Pixar? Because it's going to help us along yeah. the way. Yeah, and right. he was sort of shocked at that. It was like, mm-hmm. wow, cool, okay. And then we had an employee that was super engaged after that. And, you know, maybe we yeah. won't keep him forever. But, man, while we had him, he was, he was really on board. Yeah, you could have had the same employee for the same length of time or close to it who was disengaged. Yeah, yeah. That could have been a hold or or steadily uh, disengaging, right? Uh, and what you got was a lot better, I think. Yeah. Um, I, I thought one of the, well, two things. Um, I'll try to do just one of them. I thought one thing that you and Luke talked about that I uh, appreciated, but I wanted to pull on, uh, dig into a little bit, was the phrase of building a team, and you both referenced uh, your book chapter which um, that you collaboratively wrote, which we'll, we'll put a link to the book in uh, the show notes. It's, it's there in the draft already, um, which you, would, you address. I mean, I saw enough of your book chapter to see that. You talk about hiring and so forth. And, and so I think in the, in the interview, I think you both, um, when you say build a team, you sort of mean uh, recruiting and hiring people, but there's also an implication that I think is important that Luke talks about separately, which is coaching and investing and um, building a team that is where people's strengths and weaknesses are complementary. That's one of the things I talk about with our CDL leadership team here a lot, is to try to build that team, know each other's strengths and weaknesses so that they leverage those and there's more synergy and then okay the things that we're doing here as a team you go and do with your teams you know so it's that modeling kind of a thing i think it's it's easy to just focus on the hiring part and then think okay i hired good people and they're gonna be fine 
Yeah, I mean, there is a certain element of we're in the NBA basketball draft right now, and, and there's a lot of talk about just take the best player on the board. And um, even if it's in a position where you've already got a couple of players that are pretty good, is that the best strategy or not? I don't know. Um, but once you hire somebody and you go through the process, and, and I will agree that hiring is, is probably the majority of it. You get the right person and a yeah. lot of problems are solved. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you make that commitment, it is a commitment. It then means that you are invested in that person's success mm-hmm. because ultimately that person's success should translate into the organization's success. And, it, and it's not just, you know, <laughs> hire and forget, fire and forget. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you don't just hire somebody and say, go do your job and I don't yeah. want to hear from you again. It's, it's like, no, this is, this is a relationship. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, there's this uh, famous quote. I can't remember the artist who said it, it might come to me. If I find it, I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, all art is a recovery from the first line, you know? Once <laughs> yeah. you finally commit to the, you know, to the to the canvas or to the page, then then you gotta deal with that. And it's kind of like that with hiring. You know, once you once you commit, there you go. And then I think about there is a podcast episode from Malcolm Gladwell's Revisionist History, I think maybe this past season. I think you and I talked about it. It was really kind of sort of about voting in a way. Um, and he got into all kinds of interesting um, uh, statistical kind of kind of stuff. But at some level, if you've got a handful of highly qualified people, you could toss a coin. <laughs> you know, it's, we maybe make too much of a fetish of hiring just the right person, and we can go nuts about it. And at some point, it's just pick one and then make it work. You know, I think that's yeah. a... That's a yeah. that's a thing we don't talk about that much either. Yeah, in some searches you're, you have an abundance of riches. I was on a search committee recently that that was sort of like that, where we, man, you almost couldn't go wrong. Uh, yeah. uh, and then we've all been parts of others where you're like, Oof. not so much. Yeah, not so much. Yeah, um, I did like the phrase. We don't talk about it as much anymore. You and I have used it sometimes. Uh, it's an older phrase. Management by walking around. Um, you know, I'm a big believer in that. Um, We've talked about it. I, uh, I did run across a recent article that talked about that in COVID times. Um, you know, you recorded this interview with Luke pre-COVID. Uh, Forbes, there was an article about how do you do management by walking around when <laughs> you know, you're, all, you're all working remotely. And I skimmed it. I, I'll be honest with you. I didn't read it in, in detail. But the impression I got was there were proxies uh, like... Um, analytics and and all that and i thought boy I, if this is where you went the rest of the article i think you might have missed the point yeah yeah that's interesting you know because that's something that has never come particularly naturally to me um and it's something i've worked on i talked about it briefly in that interview <laughs> one of my staff nancy <laughs> she's like hey get your butt out of your office come down and say hi once in a while tom yeah. okay point taken thank you for the feedback um mm-hmm. but she was right um, so I needed to do that, and I try to do that occasionally here. In, in times of COVID, though, the analog for me a little bit, and it's something I haven't really done previously before COVID, is to use chat as the mm-hmm. kind of pop-in, mm-hmm. the pop your head in the doorway and just say, hey, you got a minute? Or, uh, mm-hmm. And I guess I could use it for, um, you know, hey, how you doing? You know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, which I haven't done as much, but rather than just call somebody or send them an email, mm-hmm. I might just shoot a chat out and say, hey, you got five minutes? And it, it's, the, it's the digital 
equivalent to to just sort of leaning in the doorway and saying, hey, you got a minute? I want to ask you something. And um, since we can't do that now, and Zoom seems to need to be mm-hmm. scheduled, the that chat, and we use Microsoft Teams, mm-hmm. seems to be really effective in that way for me. I think that's a very good point. Um, can I just say one other thing I thought I was really impressed with what Luke said is, you know, you're sort of like, shake your head. You know, I, I, I characterize this as really kind of about other-centeredness, and he gave that example of being other-centered to the point of alerting his boss that he was going to put in a budget request for an adjacent unit. Yeah. How many times have you run across that in your career? He's a better man than I. That's what I thought he was saying. That. <laughs> That's the real deal. If yeah. you're going to be serious about, you know, being other-centered, then you really do build relationships and build collaborative partnerships to the point where like, okay, your needs are greater than mine right now and I'm going to get behind and push on that. Yeah. And that is different. Well, what I mean, what we have done here and what I have advocated for is we have actually paid for staff members mm-hmm. in other departments yep. be- because of the increased burden that we have mm-hmm. placed on them. Uh, yeah. which, so it's, it's a slightly different version of that, but um, I, I get what Luke's saying there yeah. and I, I, I commend him for it. Yeah, that's not bad. There's probably more. I mean, I've, I've got another handful of things that I wrote down that we could probably talk about, but I know our coffee's dwindling and our our, our, our clock is dwindling a, a little bit. Anything else you want to connect to from, from this interview? Well, in the notes, you you um, you found an interesting quote from uh, General mm-hmm. Norman Schwarzkopf. You want to share that before we go to the bottom line? Uh, sure thing. Uh, I did. I ran across this quote a while back. I, I think I tweeted it out um, almost exactly a month ago. Um, the quote is, and I, you know, I looked around and I found it in more than one place, so I, I think it actually comes from General Schwarzkopf. You gotta, you gotta check these things out, be information fluent. Uh, so he said, leadership is a potent combination of strategy and character. But if you must be without one, be without the strategy. And my takeaway from that that I put in my tweet was how we treat others matters, maybe even more than what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah, yeah, amen. I, I would agree with that. that that's, uh, that's really good. All right, so shall I um, put a bow on it as we uh, approach the holiday season here? Put a bow on it. Okay, so um, people... Mm-hmm. are the most valuable part of any organization, uh, including online learning organizations. Mm-hmm. And as leaders, it's our challenge to bring out the best in each person and marshal their strengths as we collectively carry out our important work and accomplish the institutional mission. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, uh, that is a, a good positive message to have ringing in our ears and our listeners' ears. Uh, This will be the last you hear from us until 2021, dear listener. Let's hope 2021 is a better year than 2020. I think that goes without saying, even (laughs) though I said it. It's true. I just jinxed us, probably. I know. (laughs) Yeah, I I think I told you before, our colleague Brian Alexander uh, said in a a meeting a month or two back that I was present for yeah, the, the word on the street is that uh, 
2020 will be extended into 2021. <laughs> it seems that way so far, at least to get it started. But maybe 2021 will kick off halfway through the actual calendar year. Let's, let's, let's hope so. Let's hope yeah, so. Yeah, well, I want to thank you for the coffee, Los Gigantes. Uh, thank Luke for the interview and the time and for all his many years of support of us and of TopCast. Absolutely. Well, until next time, for TopCast, I'm Kelvin. And I'm Tom. See ya.